Welcome to Marcus Played, the film podcast about film podcasts. This week, we're feeling a little nostalgic and we're looking back to an era when payphones were all the rage, Michael Denniston wore nothing but Zubas pants, and moviegoing was still a community experience. We're helped out by a great podcast, script notes, and coming off the reels in our quest to conquer our fears of human interaction and make moviegoing great again. Alright, so kind of bouncing off of what we talked about last week on Marcus Blade Hyro, I, I wanted to get into the communal aspect of movie watching as it stands okay. today. And I, I think you're going to have a certain perspective about it because you have uh, betrayed your country. You've moved off to, uh, where, where you're somewhere in, uh, I'm in Germany. Oh, I was, I was, I was going to be a little bit insulting. I was like, is that third world? No, I don't know. You have internet no, issues. I mean, as a you know, two-time World War champion, I, I fear that <laughs> I feel that it's my duty to come out here and oversee the mm, conquered. I got you. So you, you came in. I'm assuming with your own theme music. There's some like flames firing out. You have a, a belt. Um, cape. I mean, counts. Cape? My good fella shirt. I, but there it is. I would I'm not a have fella. <laughs> would not have figured you for a cape guy with your your. Well, it's love a big of, cape. Okay. It's a big cape, but let's not fast shame here. Um. Yeah, not doing that. I'm assuming that's our, our demo with our listeners, our, our movie nerds. That's kind of what I want to talk about, though. Wait, are movie nerds fat people? Is that what you're saying? I, I think if you're, you would probably lean into that, wouldn't you? If, you're, if your main source of satisfaction in life, your main hobby is to go sit in a dark room, I'm assuming not a lot of activity. You know, we're not. Yeah, I the, guess. Yeah. This it's is like not your a, sustenance consists of popcorn and nachos, I guess, uh, right. and highly saccharine Coke, I think. But uh, I, I could be way off there. But I, I'm wondering, and maybe we're coming at it from a skewed bent, and maybe for our listeners it's kind of skewed because they're listening to a movie podcast on movie podcasts, but in your lifetime, and maybe since you've started a podcast, how has your consumption of film changed, if at all, and has it become more isolated? By isolated, do you mean I do it on my own? Yeah, or just to okay. consume more content, do you find that you know this is no longer something you go out with friends, family as much? Oh wow! So the, oh, okay, so we can take it back. So I I, I fell in love in love with movies at a very early age, but it, it was definitely a, a communal thing. I would I I don't think I ever went to the movies alone until uh, probably I got married. <laughs> just yeah, there's an inside inside look at the old uh, Benavides household. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you keep talking. <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> she also listens to the first podcast. Not to mention the the Jody loves Chachi podcast over here that we got going. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i'm kind of with you though i don't i was trying to i don't think i went to the movies by myself maybe i was like in my mid-20s i i, I think that yeah, would have been totally yeah. out of balance when i was a teenager that would just be something a weirdo oh, no. would do that no way no um i remember watching the usual suspects with a group of people from my you know kind of dating sort of hangout group and it was such a, like a fun time because you know, everybody's got their snacks and everybody's talking. And then when you walk out of the theater, everybody kind of just jams on about sure. it. But uh, now it's just, you know, me by myself trying to find a seat, trying not to touch elbows with anybody, uh, trying to hide the liquor that I'm sneaking <laughs> in, that sort of thing. And it's really, um, but I, I guess I'm, I'm connecting more with the crowd now. Um, 
especially when it's a big raucous crowd. I, I really enjoy those things. Even like when the movie's not that great, you know, I want to see like Fifty Shades Shades of Grey by myself. Raucous environment. Okay, great so you environment. definitely look like a weird pervert then. Oh, somebody called me out. Somebody called me out. Some lady actually was walking around. She had two handful, two wine glasses. All right. Walking into Fifty Shades of Grey right next to me. I hold the door open like a classy gentleman that I am. <laughs> she was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> she goes, what's wrong with you? She literally said, she'd clearly been drinking earlier, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, no, I, 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 it's become more of a lonely thing. But that's, I think that's more my personal life. I, I still really, really uh, enjoy the communal movie thing. Um, it, it's always a good time when the, you know, the, the, the theater blows up. At a film, you know, when everybody's, even if it's trash. Well, you know, Fifty Shades, tr- uh, the first one was definitely that because I remember it had oh, a yeah. huge opening oh, yeah. weekend, and you were seeing you were seeing a very different uh, sort of uh, clientele, I guess. There, you know, I'm used to seeing, you know, teenage men, twenty something or thirties, uh, coming out for Star Wars or Marvel movie. And oh, yeah. you were seeing predominantly mm-hmm. women. I think when I went to see it, it was a packed, maybe even sold out showing with my wife, and I was one of like five dudes. In the place, oh, yeah. it was it was a ladies' night for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The only other dude at the theater besides me was clearly uncomfortable, and he was dragged <laughs> there by his significant <laughs> other. So I I wonder if that's changed, like your reaction to film in that way. Like Fifty Shades, you're gonna have a very different experience if you're just if you're watching it alone on a streaming service, like six months after it comes out with no one else around you. Do you even finish the movie? Ooh, uh, well, see, we chose the poor example here because I'm finishing that thing because I want to see what goes on. And that's... Uh, oh, so you the you Jack know, Horner effect. You just sit in it. Jack, yes, but uh, Horner, not so much. It's more of a nasty Hellcat sort of effect. Uh, check out Sober Cinema for the neutered nasty Hellcat there. But uh, maybe go back in the library and check out what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, she's a great. I would have actually. I'm a completionist. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna finish. Let's put it that way. I'm gonna finish on that film. Um, but, with that, with that image, <laughs> I think I want to introduce the first podcast I have because I think that's the setup I want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm listening to uh, coming off the reels. Right. Perfect. Oh boy. Perfect intro. Uh, how are we spelling that? Uh, I don't think it matters. I think the imagery is there. It's I almost hesitate to call it a problem, mm-hmm. but it was just a weird trend that I noticed that once we had Movie Pass, we saw a lot less movies together. Yeah, yeah. Um, now one of the one of the ways that you kind of got handcuffed by Movie Pass was that you had to be like you had to go to the theater and check in you had on to be your within, phone. Yeah, you had to be within a hundred yards of the theater. Correct. And you check in, and then basically you could go in and buy your movie ticket. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't do it for days in advance. Like, you could only do it, like, the day of a showing. Right. So what happened was I feel like we just – it was a lot more difficult to make plans to go see something because, you know, we buy tickets in advance for things, and we couldn't guarantee that we could all sit together or anything like that. Yeah, that was the big thing, too, that and, there was no like seat selection or anything right. like that within the app. And when we were paying for tickets, I felt like we made an effort. We're like, hey, let's all go to the movies. Yeah, we had it. We could schedule it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was just a weird thing. And I'm not saying, like, obviously, you, you know, we are part of a movie podcast. And so the ability to see as much as we wanted to be able to watch some smaller films, mm-hmm. 
I feel like that was all good. Uh, but they did an episode on, I don't know how long ago this was, uh, it was one of the many sort of Death of Movie Pass episodes, which I think for the like <laughs> the last six months, you could timestamp it back in May, July. It's happened numerous times. So this was coming off of yet another change to this service that we all knew was not going to last. But the interesting part about it was not just bemoaning or celebrating that you got to go to the movies for a year very cheaply on that great plan. Uh, they were talking about how it sort of changed the enthusiasm to go to the movies and the the lack, or I guess the, the difficulty, not the lack of, because you could really try, the difficulty to still make movie night something you do with friends, family, dates, uh, if you're trying to get your movie pass ticket through the system, like you have to show up at the theater. Uh, there's no, at least under the old way, there's no way you can pre-buy your seat. I don't know if that's changed or if movie pass is still around as of this recording. I have no idea what they're doing. Um, and I thought I was like, that's something I had not really thought about before, because obviously when movie pass started, very expensive service, 30 to $50 a month was only marketed to the diehards, the cinephiles. Yeah. The, and you, you and I had it pretty early on. Yeah. And if you were going to pay that price, you're going to see fucking everything. You're not Hell just going to yeah. go once a week because uh, you know, you're losing money at that point. But when they brought it down to nine ninety five and it was an all you can eat buffet, suddenly you had a lot more people just, you know, people who could feel comfortable going once a week and you're getting your money's worth. Right. Interesting that, you know, you were, you mentioned the word buffet and the instant thought that I have in my head is the golden corral. You know, you drop that price low enough, you make the food kind of shittier enough and you've got the dregs of humanity showing up to the golden corral. <laughs> I mean, no offense to any of those. I, I like to go to the corral. I'll, I'll slap back a 12-pack and roll up in there, you know, yeah, like Boss Hog. I, uh, I I don't know if I want to, uh, I guess, fat shame these movie pass Johnny-come-latelys coming in on this <laughs> Isn't plan. Isn't that what you opened the show with? Well, now I'm, now I'm putting that on you uh, to be the insulting one that will get us the one-star iTunes reviews when you just go attack people over LSU football, because that's on brand for Marcus Blade. They played. deserved it. Um. But I thought, I was like, okay, that's something I had not considered because I was way beyond wanting to see one movie a week, especially for doing a movie podcast. But those times when it was something that my wife wanted to see or another buddy wanted to tag along, man, you're, t- you're talking about trying to map out, like arriving at the same time, uh, trying to get the same seats. Like I would go early in the day. I would go like at 10 a.m. or go on my lunch break to buy a ticket for a 7 p.m. showing. To get- They've made, it seems like these services that cater to cinephiles now uh, they they go all out, and I feel like maybe that is we are losing something as far as hmm. going to the movies. What it's actually supposed to be. Let me ask you this: When in your sort of area, the only theater I've been to in your area is the really old school one downtown. Okay, the art house theater. Uh, yeah, the art house theater. So obviously that was just scan the movie pass and walk in and pick your seat. So there's no trying to align your times or anything like that. But are the other theaters in your area, are those pick a seat? Like, you have to actually select your chair? Okay, so I guess this doesn't, you know, speak well for the the industry. But in the... God, I think since you (laughs) came to my wedding two years ago, we've lost half our theaters. And they've not been replaced. So... Wow. Yeah. That, you know, that adds to the effect, though, right? I mean, people just aren't going as much? Is that what's going on? Um, I don't know about that. I... I always felt like they they weren't like even the art house theater, right? They're they're all kind of playing in a similar sandbox, like showing the same films. And I thought that some of them should deviate more. Like we have 
you know, we lamented certain movies that we can't see. And I felt like, okay, if you have 15 screens on this side of town, 15 on that side of town, do you need to show the same 15 movies? Because Lexington's not a big city. I could get across town in 20 minutes. You know, the, yeah, all the theaters care to me. I, I think the, the, the issue when it came to going at that point was the nicer theaters remained and they decided to go luxury reclining seats, serving food, you know, there. And so all of that, gotta have your pancakes early in the morning, man. Sure. All, all of that means that if I want to go see something like, what was the, the, the Nero and Hathaway rom-com, uh, the intern, I think that's what it's called. Came out a few years Fun ago. Movie. Fun movie. Uh, okay. So opening night comes out mid September. Not something you would think like, oh, I need to have this ticket reserved on Monday for the Friday night showing. Okay, you better get it right. Well, since they've they've turned these things into basically you have a couch for a seat, now of opening weekend in one of the bigger theaters, 25 seats is what they have. And that includes front row. So oh. it's it's weird to me that they like the industry seems to be going to, okay, we expect, as you call them, the dregs of society are going to come out for Star Wars. But something like The Intern, eh, not that many people are going to show up. So this is just going to be for the chosen few, the freaks that come out and watch everything. And I feel like these services, and you can even include some of the streaming services, like Filmstruck we talked about, that's their business plan. It's only to appeal on the freak show. And I think that's kind of depressing. As as someone who liked going to the movies as a kid to watch Speed with his family. God, that was so good. Yeah, it was fun in the theater. But I don't want going to the movies to become elitist. Although we probably come across as elitist on movie podcasts. Especially as we, uh, you and I, particularly as we've been ranting and raving about this for a good three, four years. This exact same topic about... Um, it, it, I think we do come off as elitist. But I'm saying... This should be for the people. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't think that you should. But the people don't want this. Nobody wants to get out. Uh, you know, put get out of the somebody fat pants. Nobody wants. Somebody this. is stopping me from seeing the intern on Friday night with my wife. So there, there's enough people there, and there were enough people that took advantage of Movie Pass to you know drive it to the ground uh, quicker than I guess they anticipated. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have no idea what America wants or what. I, okay, me being the bigot that I am, or the. Uh, you know, as I am called by the LSU fan base, mm-hmm. um, I'm only going to focus on America. I'm just going to, you know, because the elections just happened and you got what you got, what you wanted. You know, you got, you know, red, you know, taking control as Kentucky <laughs> does. But um, yes, as Kentucky goes, so, so does the nation. We all know this. <laughs> we all know how it goes. It's like a one little dot. Like you take a blue pen and you just boop, poke it right in the middle of the state, kind of to the right a little bit, maybe. And the rest is just bloodbath. But uh, I, I had no idea where I was going. Let me let me going. let me toss you a curveball. Yeah. So yeah. Let, let's Go say ahead. maybe I can hit it. Maybe like uh, other co-hosts that you have. Do you think this is because of like a lot of things, the internet, that we have consolidated the fandom, consolidated the conversation on something like this medium right here, a movie podcast, where the people who really want to dive into these topics or dive into movies. Like no longer even attempt to converse with their friends, family, coworkers, because they have they can go to a forum or they go to a movie podcast, and that's where they get that sort of back and forth. It's kind of like you. You don't want to talk to me on the phone. I've tried to call you many times, and I know you hang that through through that phone down. I don't many want to make, times? have a what is this like have five a, a, a verbal conversation with you. 
But if I send you a text, man, you're right on it. But boop, 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 boop. That's, how, that's how you do. I think there's an attachment there that you're looking for. Maybe as as the world, we're looking for that you know separation. Like back up off me a little bit. But I do think that um, the internet does feed our 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 laziness. It feeds. I mean, it takes effort. Like I, mean, I think I've said this a million times before. You know, you got to put your good pants on. You got to get out of the the flannel. You know, fat pants and. You know the, the ugly hat and all that stuff. I think you received and, some very negative feedback for going on another podcast, a friend of ours, and you were attempting to, uh, I guess, dress down everyone for their their appearance, and uh, they you, you were told to stop shaming everyone, and yet yes. here you are doubling down again. I will. I'm not afraid. What do you wear to you, to go to your, the average movie? You went you went tonight. What'd you wear? I wore a red puffer jacket because it's cold here in Germany. Uh, I wore jeans. I wore chuckas, no sneakers, and I wore my brand new Goodfellas T-shirt underneath. No sneakers, brown belt, feet on the floor, like, a, like unlike a savage. You know, not putting my feet up, none of that stuff. I, I don't. I don't really know where your where your feelings are just yet on this. Do you like that? Maybe going for the theatrical experience is going to be like for. Like the diehards that have or like an Alamo draft house style no, culture. You don't, don't want that at all. Okay. No, I don't. I, I honestly, because I think that uh, increasing I, the communal aspect is, is awesome. I think it's it's great to go to the theater, but also the more people that turn out for the movies that I want to see, the more the movies that I want to see get made, you know, because right now people only turn out for the big ones. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the theater for the Marvel movies and all that stuff. And there's big cheers. Everybody's having a good time. Star Wars, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, Juliet naked. I'm sitting there by myself. I, I could have been naked myself and nobody would have given three shits. And I actually had to go back, fly back to the United States to go see that thing. <laughs> the poor uh, theater attendant might, if he had to come in, you know, with the spray bottle and the gloves, <laughs> your imprint on the presumably leather I don't leather know if you ever noticed, the cleanup isn't that great. Like... <laughs> Like I, I, I've sat like in nacho juice left behind. From, That's like, why you put on your before. old sneakers. That's why you know you don't dress up for this stuff. Like you know you go in like you're going for uh to to walk your dog or something. That's what you get. You're showing theater. up like Marty McFly, you know, with the like the the radi the the radiation suit. Mm. Is that how you show up to the theater? Yeah, when you said Marty McFly, I was thinking of like his like Grateful Dead like tie dye hat and the the jacket that like. Uh, oh, you're thinking of part two. That's what you're doing. Uh, well, that, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, not bad. I, I, I wouldn't mind that look. High tech. So I'm thinking when it lands in part one and he's got like the yep. yellow yep. thing, the hazmat suit. So you were talking about you wish people would go, not just treat going to the movies like it's an event. Like, oh, we see the stuff that would, this, somehow only the Marvel Star Wars movies these are unworthy of the television the that I have at home, you know, and everything else like Juliet Naked. I hear that a lot. Those type of movies, like, oh, that'd be fine for Netflix. And I, I wonder what that distinction is. I mean, I understand the big effects, That's in the but I don't, I don't find in you know, I I feel like stuff with Juliet Naked. I actually would rather watch that in the theater. So I'm sort of forcing myself. Don't look at the phone. Like, I actually want to pay attention to like a character study. I want to watch that more in the theater than I do something with explosions. That, to be honest, I can check my phone. I'm probably not going to miss much. Exactly. So, like, uh, uh, we referred back to your wedding here. We talked about a little bit earlier about your wedding. Um, take your wedding party, right? Everybody who's in your wedding party, um, sit them down in a room. We all have a couple of beers, blah, 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 blah. 
And couple. I'm invited too, even though it wasn't couple. a wedding party. That's what that's what I just did. <laughs> yeah, I we just, just we had a couple. Yeah, a couple beers. <laughs> that was it. Have a couple of beers <laughs> and throw on Juliet naked. That's a fun time. I think that that would be fun. <laughs> I think cats I feel would like be laughing, my, talking my shit. Co-host, uh, the nasty Hellcat. If he's had just two beers, uh, of course. I feel like if you tell him, "Hey, we're gonna watch Juliet naked." Uh, his head goes somewhere else entirely if you're thrown on the DVD. <laughs> I think he's very disappointed and angry if he sees Ethan Hawke, you know, strumming his guitar in a garage somewhere. Uh, but- I don't know if he's disappointed, but I think he's more disappointed in in Rose Byrne wearing like basically just like flannel shirt like all over her like you know but i I will agree with you on one point i feel like if you can kind of trick people into seeing those type of movies yes they do enjoy it so do you think did movie pass have any sort of legacy or effect where it got people you know when they had already used the check-in for say avengers do you think it sort of reacclimated people to like trying or you know testing out films that they had sort of given up on at least in the cinema i don't know i i don't know uh i use movie pass hundreds of times and the the films like julia naked um all these little art house films that would show up in tampa when i was living there it would still be me and some bum you know me and- <laughs> what's it gotta be a bum <laughs> well okay so i'll tell you experience i went to see the big sick a movie that i really loved uh very early on very early on and there was a dude in there and it was obviously what you were talking about with the reclining seats all pleather, but you know how they come in twos? You know, you could kind of pick up that middle piece. Sure. I mean, the the credits had not even started. The lights had not dimmed. And this dude had was dry humping in the theater, maybe like two seats next to me. And the the worst part of it was, I mean, if I had to take a shot, say sixty five to seventy years old. I mean, he did have and, a partner in this, right? He, oh, yeah. No, no, there was a lady was a there with him. Act. Okay, I didn't know. He if was he, there on a date, so. <laughs> I guess that's good. <laughs> I mean, but who shows up to the big sick to, <laughs> to handle busy time? Like, especially at that age. Like, what are you doing, man? You Should said you were in be Florida? Matlock? This is a Florida story, right? This is a Florida story. This is yeah. Tampa, Florida. Florida man strikes again. Florida man strikes again. <laughs> I figured that this would be like, you know, Murder, She Wrote comes on, then Matlock. Then sexy time. Not you show up to the first showing of Big Sick <laughs> with the super fan Hyro there, and you're just rounding third. Okay, you're not gonna like my second podcast that I chose for this <laughs> one <laughs> because uh, this is from a, a really popular movie podcast. So it's a little bit, I guess, a little bit out of bounds for you know the premise of our show. We're trying to highlight uh, you know the podcasters like us. You know, so the, in other words, you're talking about Mark Marin here. Is that what you're doing? No, but I am talking about uh, John August. His podcast that he hosts with, um, I'm forgetting the other screenwriter's name, but John August to me is the guy who wrote Go. That's That was his big break. So he's done Big Fish. He wrote what? He wrote Go. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Okay. Big Fish is, I think, probably his most, you know, his biggest mainstream hit. Um, I think he did Charlie's Angels. He's he's done, you know, he's he's a professional screenwriter at this point. And he directed The Nines, I believe, with Ryan Reynolds. That may be his only... Uh, directing feature, but he is a podcast where, uh, as the title says, uh, some people that are you know trying to be screenwriters or have some you know measure of professionalism, they they ask professional questions as far as give me notes on this or what, how would you handle this process. But along with that, they they talk about the film industry and in, in general. And so this particular topic 
this episode was called Netflix Killed the Video Store. People like being among other people. Like, I really enjoy, this is a similar thing with video stores. Even if you don't talk to anybody else, you don't, like, meet up with friends, just being among mm. other people, not in front of your black computer screen, is very nice. Well, in your pieces on the different video stores you visited, I think that sense of community was really crucial and something I had kind of forgotten, is that while my local blockbuster was just, like, whatever, who cares about that, when you go to a place that's genuinely a video store with people who, like, love movies, um, not just the employees, but the people who are, like, wander through the aisles looking for stuff, they can give you recommendations. You can see the taxonomy is very much set up based on, you know, a hive brain of like these kinds of movies belong together, even if it's not sort of genre wise, what you expect. Um, you have some maps of some of your interior layouts of these video stores that really show sort of how they're thinking about movies and how stuff uh, fits together. Bookstores, which are thriving these days, or smaller bookstores are thriving these days. I think it's the same sense that people want to go to a place where people kind of care about um, the things that are on the shelves. Yeah, it was really interesting. Last Saturday, I went up to Odyssey Video in North Hollywood, which is closing, unfortunately. Uh, it was an extremely cool video store. They had a lot of rare VHS still, particularly on the children's side of things. Mm. But that was really interesting because, uh, you know, they're, it's an everything-must-go kind of sale, so they're selling off their entire stock. But it was, you know, a Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock, and you're like, there are 25 people in this video store right now. And, like, we we're all extremely amused. There was this extremely precocious kid who's just, like, running around being like, do you have Poltergeist? Do you have Pretty in Pink? Did I, why can't I go in the back? <laughs> um, and, you know, it was really invigorating to see, like, an 11-year-old kid just, like, so excited about movies, about picking up the physical movie, like, crossing movies off the list. And, like, I don't know. Streaming is just never going to generate that kind of enthusiasm. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, that kind of tactile human community experience, we're just never going to get that via a streaming platform. And they were sort of lamenting. I mean, a lot of the stuff we've talked about as far as, you know, choosing a film or what you want to watch, there actually used to be a choice. Like, this is all I have. Like, I'm coming out and we're picking these titles. And yeah, that's I, why I do... Gone with the Wind made $7 billion because it was the only movie showing <laughs> well, for about six years. I, I mean, coming from a small town, I, I'm sure, you know, Teenage Mike would hate this one speaking on this podcast for numerous reasons but for this one in particular because i remember being pissed like i couldn't just get a hitchcock movie at this small town in kentucky like wait teenage mike wanted a hitchcock movie oh absolutely absolutely Did teenage mike get beat up a lot uh no you kind of knew everyone in my town like <laughs> everyone's <laughs> like, friends you know <laughs> i feel like teenage mike was a virgin for a long time <laughs> uh we're not gonna get into that there was definitely no uh big sick style incidents for me in high school i was uh truly <laughs> following the alamo draft house style rules before that even oh my existed goodness. i was i was locked into the film but your co-host on true bromance he would definitely disagree with me you know my video store anything that came out mid 80s maybe early 80s that was it that basically in my town that's where cinema started and everything else don't have access to it okay so I agree with you to a certain extent, like because now I can I can get everything, pretty much everything, at the touch of a button if I'm willing to pay for it through iTunes or what have you. But I do miss the days where, with all of that choice, and we talked about this on the previous episode. Sometimes you're so overwhelmed with it that you're just like, "Fuck it, man! I'm just not going to click around." Or it's it's like work. Like unless I have notes set aside, like this film is on this service and I'm going to it now. I actually really don't like just scrolling through just trying to stumble across something 
I've yeah. never been a, a uh, you know channel surfer. I never was like that. I wanted to know when something was coming on. So you don't you don't miss those days at all. I don't know if you have much in the way of video store experience or if that was like routine for you. But were you? I'm older than you, so you know I do. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't know with your uh, <laughs> your Escobar mustache twirling father. If you know, maybe you had other adventures you were on. You didn't just spend oh, every weekend. <laughs> at the like, video what, store. Like, like hacking down sugar cane in Bolivia? What are you talking about? I don't about? know. Maybe, you, maybe you were like a, you were much, a much younger Tom Cruise from American Made. Maybe you were in a plane somewhere. And Okay. See, that's okay. exciting. No, I, I mean, uh, a trips to Blockbuster were a huge thing for me. And uh, but but Do you miss the debates? Do you remember like arguing with someone who you were with as far as like, hey, we've got to decide, like we've got you know time for one or two movies tonight. And you would have a bit of a banter. You'd have a, like a back and forth as far as no, no, my choice. This is what we should watch. Uh, here's where I have to like give my mom kudos. I typically don't do, do like the reach outs of the family thing, but I give them, I gotta give my mom kudos. She sat there patiently while I roamed mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and did my thing. You know, I was very, very selective. I didn't show up like you said, like with that thing in mind. You know, which is what I do now. Like. I can't stand the, the the channel surfing stuff because now it can be anything. If you think of something, right. you can get it. When I grew up, Miami Vice was at at, at nine o'clock at night on Friday night. I was there, sat down. There was no rewind. There was no nothing. It was Miami Vice nine o'clock at night. Cheers was on Thursdays or whatever day it was. So here's here's a question: Do you feel like because of that you have like a better attention span than maybe younger generations, or do you do you even find yourself sort of losing that ability to lock in to something like you could previously? No, I, I, I'm deteriorating in my old age, and and I think I, f- I find myself sort of melding into society a little bit with the, with the crazy amount of stuff that's available to us. I don't know, honestly, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. I don't, I, I'm kind of because I find myself be- drifting. I do wonder if I'm yeah. like is my you know my ability to focus being lost because I have too many, too many devices and there's, there's too many ways yeah. like you blowing up my phone, trying to call me. There's too many ways that people can reach out oh, and try to get yes. my attention. Uh, and I, I do. And, and, and Hermit Mike, Ted Kaczynski, <laughs> Deniston likes to just <laughs> shell back, only responds in two word texts, no phone calls. Look, look. What, what kind of Hermit can I be? If I've got 17 different movie podcasts, you can hear me for hours, you know, all the time. Or you say just want to uh, like you know to exchange a recipe or something? Okay, let me tell you a story. Uh, so we're talking about um, the communal experience and stuff, and and sort of the way we engage or consume films. Um, so I mean, you know that I am a huge uh, Goodfellas fan, favorite movie of all time, uh, bar none. A lot so of people I would agree opp- with you. I had the opportunity to see it in a theater. Uh, probably two three years ago in Tampa, there's a there's old historical theater similar to your you know Kentucky Horse Theater. Um, <laughs> that's what it's called, Kentucky Horse Theater. <laughs> yes, that's what it's called. <laughs> and uh, I, I at this point in my life, you know, I'm a at that point I was a thirty something year old, uh, you know, strapping gentleman, and uh, I had seen Goodfellas at that point five hundred times maybe. It, even if you count the the two thirds that I watched it, what it, I caught it on TNT or AMC or whatever it is, so nothing and, should surprise I, you. Basically, no, absolutely not. But I can't I can't stress enough that I I mean I walked into that theater. And that theater holds a ton of people, packed to the to the gills, just a packed packed house. And um, every cue that the film gives you, people reacted like crazy. It didn't matter. 
um, if we've all seen it a thousand times, right? I mean, it was hilarious. People were laughing like crazy. And I never took Goodfellas as a comedy until that point. I mean, I always kind of laughed at the Karen stuff and, you know, Karen going crazy on Janice Rossi and the, the, the you think I'm funny bit with uh, Joe Pesci. I, I always, you know, I was amused by that stuff, but I never took the film as kind of a comedy and, you know, seeing it with that, that, that giant crowd, that communal aspect of it really opened my eyes to a movie I had seen a thousand times, easily the best viewing I ever had. And I think that's important though. You know, you, you th- that's sort of how others engage with it kind of helps you sort of flow with the film. And I think that we're losing that a little bit, right? As we isolate ourselves, we don't return calls and, you know, only rely on text and <laughs> sit there on Netflix or Amazon Prime like you do. I think that it's important to just, you know, kind of, this is a, this is a communal thing, man. Just just get out there and go to the theater. I, I, I can't stress enough how, how cool it was to see that. And I, I did it again with Jaws. I went and saw Jaws and people were screaming in the theater. This movie's 40 years old. What are you doing screaming, lady? Like, you know, I mean, people were screaming when the shark was coming out. Oh, you didn't know this was a shark movie? You didn't know somebody's going to get bit? Is that is that just being overwhelmed with, like, you are in it if you're seeing I mean, unless you're – you could be definitely an asshole and be on your phone the entire time that you're on you the, the theaters. Uh, I haven't, have not ran to that too many times. I mean, you definitely run into it where people pull their phone out to check a message or something and put it back. And then the brightness of the screen, that always gets on my nerves. But I, I don't think I've ever – I've heard horror stories. I mean, there's some people on yeah, I've Twitter. got those too, yeah. Well, what, with MoviePass comes that thing, right, where I sat next to a guy who had a full conversation with the screen on full bright in Spanish. And I don't know if, how many Latin Amer- – other than me, how many Latin American dudes you know. I mean, probably sure you, know, you being from Red Kentucky, you don't associate <laughs> with our kind. But this dude was so loud. <laughs> Typical Latino just going bonkers on the phone. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> In the middle of Revenant, I, I I'll never forget it. It was Revenant, you know. So there's like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's so sexing a bear basically. for his Oscar or whatever it's going on, and uh, this guy is yelling fellas. about his plumbing. So do you think something like Movie Pass, and that's a concern that uh, I heard, uh, like I think AMC and I don't know, I think Regal. I don't think they were ever had an official stance, but certainly AMC did battle with them, and then they end up coming out their own service. But they talked about. Uh, setting the bar that low that you are sort of devaluing the product in a way. If it's if it's ten bucks a month and you could go see thirty movies, does that give? You think that puts it that guy in the headspace to where he can be like, ah, eh, whatever. I go see one of these whenever I want. Does it only cost me ten bucks? Probably so. Honestly, I mean, he probably didn't give a shit. You know, he was just there on his the fifty cent ticket that you know if you average it all out, right? right? He doesn't care who he's time. insulting. And the the other side with the script notes thing that they were concerned with was, you know, I I was they were they were basically talking about me in a way, uh, unfortunately not like shouting out our podcasts that need listeners, but they were saying that, um, you know, the kids who grew up on at the video store, they didn't know how good they had it compared to the people that had to find revival cinema to go see Taxi Driver playing in their town again you know, six years later to get another swing at it or hope that something came on television, you know, once that year. See, that's how, that's how I feel about you now, now that here I'm in Germany. And that's how I feel <laughs> about you. You know, you, I, I, it was maybe the last time you and I talked, I was just trying to be 
remind you that I'm a topper. Reminds you that uh-huh. I've got it ten times worse. Mm-hmm. I've got to wait, you know, an entire two days for my Netflix disc. Is that what you were complaining about? Yes. Whereas <laughs> I, I've, I'm still, I'm still waiting on the carrier pigeon to show up with my disc. But you watched you know, Simple Favor this- tonight, you know. Then and when you were trying to bring up side boob to me, and I'm like, shit, that was like two or three months ago. I was like, was there side boob? So. Not only that, but it's a uh, preview like showing. Every oh, Tuesday shit. is the preview show. They won't actually release this movie until next week. So it's kind of like the big screener. I got you. Look at you. You're living, you know, high on life over there. You're a respected film journalist. Three months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Worthless. But, Worthless but, now. But the way we look at the kids, uh, like our, our younger selves, the way you and I are looking at, you know, Young Hyro and Mike in the in the old blockbuster, mm-hmm. struggling to find that uh, sleepaway camp tape, um, is the way I'm living right now. Looking at you, you're just you know, dragging me, dragging me here, and uh, yeah, I'm struggling to 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 find any avenue I can to watch films. Um, but it's better now. Like for the kid, that, that what they were lamenting was kids have more access to things now, but because of that. Like, where's the guiding hand? Where Where's the communal aspect of someone like, you know, the the people that would go hang out, you know, video stores are our version of record stores, which they have come back in fashion for music lovers. That's not happening for, for movie fans. You know, when I would go to the video store, there would be an older clerk there. And, you know, there would, if you were a regular, there would eventually be hopefully some sort of conversation where someone would kind of say, Hey, check this out. I noticed you like Goodfellas, check out this gangster movie or something, something like that. But if someone's just relying on streaming services, do we want to be beholden to the algorithm who, I don't know about you, but, and maybe it's because we share, I share mine with my wife, my mom, like I have, what do you mean? Sharing my account, the streaming. Yeah. It's disgusting to me. I, I look down on you for this. Well, I mean, I guess mistakes were made because the algorithm is not necessarily working for me because you have <laughs> wildly different tastes as far as clicking those buttons. Why don't you – so uh, are we talking about Netflix? A- any of those services. like the, well, Why the, don't you split them up? Every single one allows you to split them up amongst family members. You know members. that uh, over one holiday, I did do that. Um, not everyone's <laughs> with the program. As far as <laughs> oh, so then you go uh, – uh, here, you pause the podcast. You edit this out. You go to account – Browsing history or viewing history, just delete, 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 delete. Because I have small children who also are not with the program. They don't understand. They know how to work the the mouse and the keyboard and the remote control, right. but they're over there watching Paw Patrol, and suddenly I'm getting all this crap on my feet. I'm like, oh, slow down. Spank the kids, then come through and, and delete their browsing history. That's all you got to do, man. Well, like I said, this is for the elite. I think all these services are going for the hardcore, the people that want to go to their <laughs> browsing history and try to clear up and make the algorithm work. So what what replaces that? What replaces the video store? Like, you know, podcasts, film blogs? What Marcus Play does. No? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't want to make a joke there because I've, I feel like even our most avid listeners, and they would have to be this early on to be listening to this show, Especially yep. at 45 minutes or whatever it is where we're at. <laughs> hey, man, this is gold right here. Like, I honestly think if you're listening to a movie podcast on movie podcasts, this is the type of conversations you want to be having. And you know what? They probably would try to have them with their loved ones. And that person says, just shut up. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Matt Luck's on. Be quiet. <laughs> Those people are out partying at the Big Sick. that that they are making squishy noises in the theater while i'm trying to you know channel this love but say your kids get into movies as much as you what do you think 
uh, if you're not shaping them, what do you think they would be shaped by? And how's that compared to like how our tastes were informed? They'd be shaped by YouTube. Um, I mean, you don't have kids yet. I'm sure you're working on them hard, diligently every Thursday night after, uh, after cheers reruns. Yeah. Throw on the big sick, big turn on. Hey, was that you? <laughs> trying, to, trying to throw that leg over. I'm trying to no, ruin it uh, for you. Your favorite movie uh, of that year. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Nothing can ruin it. Uh, but um, I think that I, – I don't know what steers them. I, as a decent human being, a decent parent, I steer them. You know, I, I, I show them Ghostbusters at an extremely young age. I I, I try to shape their viewing. But uh, – Okay, what we'll steers you now? Has that changed as far as – what influences you on your uh, sober like, cinema? That's good enough for me. We're influencing you to check out things that came out a year ago, two years ago, thirty years ago. I'm not a good example, right? I'm not. I'm definitely not a good example of what steers me. If we're talking about what steers the general populace, um, because I am an active searcher. I'm out there looking for the good films. I'm out there looking to, to, to the pieces that are going to move me. The pieces are going to be something worth my two hours of time. Um, I don't think that everybody does it that way. I don't think that everybody does that. Everybody goes onto Facebook, you know, that, that, that thing pops up and they know that this is the schedule for, you know, Star Wars at DC, whatever, whatever. And that's what they kind of latch onto. And I, you know, teach his own, but, uh, I'm not that cat for me. It, the information is out there. You go pick decent stuff to watch. Looking through the aisles of a video store, just with the box art is not dramatically different than just scrolling through art on Netflix. But I do think that like MoviePass, if you chose to drive to a video store to get your entertainment and they were sort of, you know, this was a rare item. It wasn't something that you could just pull up with a click of your button. There was more value put on what you're going to do. I mean, like like the MoviePass example, the guy with on his phone, how many people just drove to Blockbuster, rent something, not watch it, pay the late fee, take it back a week later, and then start the whole process over again. I doubt many people that was the routine to just <laughs> go through that much trouble to acquire something and then just be totally indifferent to it. Yeah, I know. That's right, because it involves a lot of more, a lot more logistics. You know, you just there's a lot more effort put into that event. So But the you know, the Netflix and chill sort of methodology, that I mean that is Or show up to Big Sick and Chill. <laughs> Methodology is that <laughs> not quite as catchy? No, 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 not quite as catchy. I'm a little more intrigued by it, though. I don't know. I, I don't have any particular, you know, answers. But I, I do. I do wonder what it will look like, you know, 20 years from now. I'm sure when I was at the video store, I never thought that I'd be talking to a dude in Germany, like one evening, about the state of the movie industry. So things have changed dramatically you know, in 20 years. Um, and I don't know if it's for the better, but I still feel like isolated to the point where it's like all those like conversations I want to have with people. Now I don't even bother attempting to start them. Now I just wait to talk to you or Dave or Jason or Andrew or something over Skype. Like I don't, I don't even really try to talk movies with people and maybe I'm just, uh, you know, prejudging them a bit too much, but yeah. And here's the thing with that though. I think that, Technology has given us given us the uh, the ability to uh, pick and choose who we talk to about these things. Like so, we can kind of create our own little world of movie lovers, right? Rather than try to force it upon my wife, who 
all she wants to do is watch the Hallmark Channel and just be left alone. Um, <laughs> just in general. <laughs> until she's contractually obligated to <laughs> to have physical contact. <laughs> but rather than try to force that upon her, I have the ability to now to reach out to cats in Red Kentucky or, you know, uh, Blue California or whatever it is and have that conversation that I really want to have that I – but that I used to get when I was a kid or when I was a little bit younger, walking out of the theater with my friends, which kind of I, I, I really miss. You know, I, I have the, the nacho cheese dribbled on my shirt, little Coke stain on my on my lip and, you know, talking about usual suspects or point break or whatever yeah, it is. Everything is just a little too specialized now. Uh, and this is where I lose our, our movie nerd audience. But like people lament that about sports, like the big athletes like, you know, Elway or whoever. They would play all three sports. They, they, it's like, oh, he could have been a major leaguer, or he had an offer to go play college ball in this sport, but he chose to play football instead. Didn't Dave Williams get drafted in like all four sports, like even like hockey or some shit? I don't know about that one. That one, well, you're being racist you, you now, make, Mike. Come on. Make, well, down. I was gonna say you make a good business move to say, no, nah, I don't think I'm gonna take those NHL checks. I think I'm gonna go a different way. <laughs> yeah. uh, but even now, like with this, with entertainer being like a cinephile, uh, like your example. It's like we just go to the specialized source, like, oh, that's a movie person because they see everything. So that's who I'll yeah. talk with. It's a little depressing. Well, I mean, they fucking respond rather than, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> your wife. what I'm again, getting from right? the old lady. <laughs> oh, man. That chef was fantastic. Yeah, that's nice. It's like I, I, I walked into Pleasantville or something with my <laughs> with my movie discussions when I try to have it outside I mean, of uh, – Mark has played. I'm hoping you're, you're having as much sex as the residents of Pleasantville. It's pretty hot and heavy there. Trees catch on fire when I get busy. <laughs> At Marcus Played Pot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy.